So today we have the beginning of a series, as Scott so eloquently put earlier on, and thank you so much for your help, Scott. Christian witness, engagement and action. So we're speaking about our move toward Easter. And Easter is a lovely time that we're coming together to see what we can do for the kingdom of God. Who is out there? And they're seeking, they're looking, they're searching for someone, for something. They're looking for a ray of hope. And so often time, as we approach Easter, people turn their attention to this question, could there be a God? Could there be somebody somewhere who is in charge and in control of everything? We're heading towards that and we want to keep that in our hearts this month. How do we reach out? How do we go out? How do we bring somebody to the Lord? So my text today is taken from Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Mark 16 and verse 15. I read from the Living Bible Version. And it simply says, And then he told them, You are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. To everyone, everywhere. I'm going to touch on three key points this afternoon. Go. We need to be active. But I'm not going to look at how many different ways you can reach out to people and what evangelism is. We've had much of that in KT. And there's some more training going on next week, which you'll hear a little bit more about. But I'm going to speak about go. And I'm going to speak about what could be the true motivation for those who do go so easily and reach somebody for Jesus Christ. And then talk about the lifestyle that perhaps we should be living in the wake of our giants, in family, in serving, in the community. I'm not going to embarrass anybody today, but I have a living example before me in the sanctuary of a lady who did what the Lord said to do, which is go. She reached out to a young man who gave his life to Jesus Christ, and he's begun a journey. And yet that young man has done more than begin a journey. He also has reached out and brought somebody to the Lord. And this is what today is all about. So in this text, Mark 16, 15, Jesus appears to the 11 disciples after his death. So he's been, he's out of the tomb and others have seen him and two disciples run to tell the rest of the disciples, we've seen him, he's risen, he's alive. And they don't believe, but Jesus visits, he appears to the disciples. And these are those who had been with Jesus. They had learned from him. Now it was time to put into action what he had revealed to them over the years while they walked with him as he walked on earth. Now was the time they'd learned, they'd heard, they'd been with him. And these are the last words that he speaks to them. And it's a commandment, isn't it? Go, 
You are to go into the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Well, if it was the last commandment, and I was giving that amazing example that one lady has led a young man to the Lord who has led somebody else to the Lord, this speaks about every disciple should be doing it since that time. There's no change. The commandment is the same for each of us. Go. You are to go and tell. You are to go and preach. So by definition, the word go means to move from one place to another. Not stay still. Doesn't mean everybody's got to go out on the streets and be that loud, gregarious, um, excitable evangelist that some are so brilliant at. But it does mean that we don't stay still, that we don't stand still, move from one place to another. Let's turn quickly to Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 15. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 15. And from the ESV version. It asks three questions. How will they call on him in whom they do not believe? In whom they have not believed. How how will anybody call on Jesus Christ if you haven't believed in him? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? If they've not heard of Jesus, how are they going to call on him? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? We have to go. Somebody has to tell them. And how are they to preach unless they're sent? That's actually four questions, isn't it? And that sent bit is the discipling. You've led somebody to the Lord and then they've been sent to do the same. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news that ends. And this is why our cell vision is so key in Kensington Temple. Because how will people know unless we reach them, unless they believe, unless they know to hear God hear our words, and once they've heard, to do the same again. Key to our cell vision, key to our church is the cell vision. Go into all the world, make disciples of everyone everywhere. Now, I'm going to ask for a video clip to be shown. I want to give an example of a lady called Yolanda. She's a shy lady, but she keeps leading people to Christ. So I asked Yolanda two questions and she gives answers in the short video clip that's about to come up. The questions are, what motivates you, Yolanda, to preach the gospel and how do you prepare? If we're ready, why don't we hear from Yolanda now? Hi, everyone. I'm Yolanda. The things, the things motivated in my heart to do evangelizing because of the love and the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ and also my love to the souls. One thing I can't understand that any moment I step I step to share the word God with boldness. 
This is a lifestyle that every, anywhere, everywhere we go. And there's opportunity. Grab it to share the word of God. Season without season. This is the day of salvation. Maybe tomorrow is too late. What do I prepare before I'm going out to sweet to the evangelizing? Maintain the intimacy. Maintain the intimacy. The devotion to God. Through prayer. And receive the revelation from God. And the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Maintain the love of God with us. So that when we go going to evangelize, the glory and the love of God will shine for us. Thank you. That was really lovely and some photographs are going to be displayed now. Yolanda speaks about being motivated because of God's love and compassion for his creation. She speaks also that motivated she is because she also loves those that she's trying to reach. And she mentioned how strange she found it that somebody's so shy, the second she goes out, she finds a boldness. Something happens to her and she has to share. She talked about the fact that it is for her a lifestyle and that if we will look at it like that, we will take every opportunity. She actually used the words, grab it, grab the opportunity. Yolanda here was at the seaside, these first two pictures. And she's not just going to the seaside and having a great sunny day out, but she must find some people to lead to the Lord, which she did. On the other side, there's a lovely lady called Eva, who through the cells last year, gave her life to the Lord. And then in the last picture, you see Yolanda leading Eva's friend, Melanie, to the Lord. And now they're in cell being discipled. So you see that Yolanda is one who bears fruit. And she's, thank you so much for those photographs. She's so motivated. But she talked about the preparation time. She said it's important to maintain intimacy and devotion to God. So it's important to have a life of devotion. She said that she receives revelation from God and guidance from the Holy Spirit. And that there's this um, desire to maintain his love so that when she goes out, she's not going out in her power, in her strength, but compelled by the love of God. So in every scenario, we ought to seize opportunities. She said, grab it, grab the opportunities. And I think, well, somebody did that for me. Somebody did that for you. So would we not want to give that opportunity? Would that not motivate us that somebody else needs to be given the same opportunities that we were given? And I give a little caution here, which you can hear more about if you go through some of our training coming up. We must keep within the law of the land. We're not going to be cajoling people. We're going to have times of intimacy with God. And it's the overflow of that 
that causes us to reach out and to win people for Jesus Christ. We're going to go over to our Zoom room in a few seconds. And what's really funny is I'm going to introduce to you Felix Omondi. And when we were talking and he said, well, I'll come and do it live. To me, live was here. To him, live was in our Zoom welcome room. So um, language is changing in this day and age, isn't it? But Felix um, has been serving the Lord for many, many years. Um, And as far and as long as I've known him, he has a heart for evangelism. He used to be out on the streets in Slough with us when I was there, reaching souls for Jesus Christ. Felix is going to come into the Zoom room now, so I'd like you to open the Zoom room. I can see he's there. And Felix is going to share again also what motivates him to reach out, what motivates him to preach uh, the gospel, and how does he prepare. Felix, very good to see you this afternoon. You're so welcome to join us. Thank you. So why don't you share with us what you have to share? How are you doing? Thank you very much. Wonderful. Um, But uh, I think uh, Yolanda just uh, put it across uh, very well. And uh, uh, just to be clear as well on what you said as well, uh, I became a believer in Slough on the 1st of June, 1997. So that's uh, 24 years coming up. Wow. Uh, And uh, time is uh, really quick. But uh, at the time, I think uh, your words were the first words that I had when I walked into the church that are with Jesus, it's always better tomorrow. And that uh, set me off on the uh, journey with uh, Christ. Of course, Pastor uh, Carmela and uh, Pastor Colin also preached as well. And uh, that just uh, affirmed what I was uh, experiencing at the time. But uh, when I gave my life to uh, Jesus Christ at the time, uh, I just felt this uh, unconditional love and acceptance of our God uh, through Christ. Uh, and I became also very conscious of the realities of our eternal separation uh, from God without uh, Christ. So those two uh, basically just uh, kicked in and um, uh, I was probably almost immediately filled with a deep desire to share what I had experienced and uh, I was uh, pretty broken at the time. And uh, uh, I'll just say that uh, Jesus uh, restored me. Uh, And uh, so my motivation was really to tell people about the love and acceptance of uh, Jesus Christ. uh, And uh, also that uh, Jesus was the answer uh, in every uh, situation. But uh, uh, just to carry on from that, uh, quite soon after, the slouch had joined KT on an outreach uh, in uh, Bayswater uh, around the time of uh, Princess Diana's uh, uh, funeral. So this uh, deep desire that was uh, already bubbling in my heart uh, uh, found some expression, basically. I was able to talk to some people, even though I was uh, really, really scared. Uh, like Yolanda said, um, and I don't know why this is the case, that uh, a lot of evangelists are really, really shy but they find find themselves compelled by the love of God 
and uh, the love of people to go out and uh, share. So I'm a bit like that, but I found myself uh, out uh, uh, sharing. Uh, so uh, that was my first experience. And then just following on after that, uh, uh, the training that I received uh, uh, from KT, so evangelism, uh, Bible school, uh, uh, cell leadership, have all just served to fuel this passion uh, for Jesus, for souls. Uh, and uh, also there's a school of evangelism is coming up next weekend. I'd encourage uh, every, everybody to sign up for it and uh, just to uh, learn the dynamics of uh, uh, witnessing. So uh, that's really the uh, first uh, uh, question uh, answered. Uh, how do I prepare? Uh, it's um, pretty much uh, the same. Uh, I was just thinking of uh, Second Timothy chapter two, chapter four, verse two, which says, "Be prepared in and out of season." So my my heart, my eyes, uh, my ears, everything uh, is always prepared to, um, as was said, seize the opportunity when it comes whether it's unexpected or whether it's a planned as uh, we are planning the Easter uh, outreach, always uh, prepared. But uh, there's no set way for me, but uh, a combination of the following, uh, regular personal prayer, worship, reading the Bible, praying in tongues, fasting, uh, waiting on the Lord for direction, revelation, uh, a theme, uh, words of knowledge, uh, praying as a team uh, during specific events. And I also revisit my testimony quite regularly because my testimony is definitely not 24 years old. It is It is fresh today. The Lord has been good to me today and that he will be good to me today, tomorrow, and uh, forever. So, uh, so... For specific events, those become a little bit more focused and um, probably a, a bit more extended. Uh, but uh, generally, the just the discipline of uh, prayer, fasting, worship, praying in tongues, um, uh, all those just combine uh, to uh, not just to fuel the passion, but uh, to sustain it. So the over, overriding word for me is passion for Jesus, passion for souls and a passion to reach out, and also a passion to see a lot more people being able to uh, witness and uh, to share uh, what Christ has uh, done for them uh, with uh, uh, the world uh, in general. I haven't mentioned uh, uh, missions and all those things, but uh, those have uh, contributed as well. Mm. Wow. Felix, that is marvellous. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that you talked about, um, you remember your own testimony and that also is a motivation for you and, and also keeps you alive and, and alive to the things of God. Just before you go, I just wanted to ask, do you have one standout um, story that you remember of, of the way that you brought somebody to the Lord or the Lord used you to bring someone into his kingdom? Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, so the the background was that I I attended uh, I took my daughter to uh, uh, 
the the bowling alley in uh, Bayswater, and uh, she was basically attending her friend's uh, uh, birthday party. And I'd heard uh, previously that uh, this gentleman was uh, Buddhist. Uh, so uh, my daughter and uh, his daughter were best friends, and uh, so we got uh, talking. And uh, so uh, obviously uh, the subject, uh, he's not going anywhere, so the, the subject came up, um, uh, what do you believe about um, uh, God? Uh, where will he spend eternity? And uh, he said to me that uh, he is a Buddhist, and I asked him what that meant. And uh, so uh, he just made it clear to me that uh, he was in charge of uh, his uh, circumstances, uh, his destiny, and uh, everything else. And I just kept asking him questions, and uh, uh, I basically asked him, uh, so if you're in charge of your destiny, then uh, you, you kind of sound like uh, you're your own God, which means that uh, everything's working uh, perfect for you. Uh, uh, family life, uh, you don't have any debts, uh, everything is uh, really good, right? And uh, he said, no. And I said, okay, but I thought you're in charge and uh, uh, you could control your circumstances. And uh, uh, so then I, I just saw uh, the doubt starting to creep in. I shared my testimony uh, with him and uh, how I previously put uh, my trust in my education, my uh, two degrees and uh, 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 my qualifications. Um, and uh, I didn't need God at the time, but I found that those could not uh, sustain me. So I shared that with him and uh, invited him to accept uh, Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Uh, which uh, he did, uh, he came to uh, an encounter, he came to my cell, uh, but uh, he came for a while, uh, he's kind of uh, dropped off a bit, and, uh, but I'm still in touch with him, but uh, that was uh, really just uh, 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 preparing in advance and uh, just uh, hearing what he had to say about uh, what he believed, uh, but uh, clearly he did not stand up to scrutiny. Uh, in the face of uh, what I told him Jesus Christ had done uh, for me. Amen. Felix, thank you so much for sharing with us this afternoon, for joining us today. God bless you. Yeah, thank well, you. God you bless. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. And it's so interesting, isn't it, that Yolanda and Felix are in the natural quite shy people, quite quiet. Felix is very unassuming. And yet here they are being used of God to reach out, to keep preaching the gospel, to keep spreading the word of God. And so it's for everybody, whether you're called specifically as an evangelist or whether you're there to do the work of an evangelist, it is for all of us. I was thinking about a story as I uh, bring our day to a close today. And in history, there's a gentleman who's called Patrick and he was born so many years ago that I can't remember the exact date. But it was in the Dark Ages where um, there were villages rather than whole towns, etc. So a very long time ago. This young man had been captured from England as a slave and taken over to Ireland. And he spent many years on a farm. And while he was on that farm, because he had become a Christian, he spent much time in prayer, much time in intimacy with God, much time seeking 
the face of God, not knowing what his future held or why he was there as a slave. And it's interesting that both Felix and Yolanda also mention that they have to spend time with God. It's so important and that they, they, they have the compassion of Jesus Christ and that's what they gain from spending time with him. But this young man, Patrick, was able to escape at some point and go back to England for a while. But then he felt the call of God to go to Ireland. So imagine all of those, those, those years in slavery there in Ireland and all that time that he was spending time with God and then he feels a call to go back. The end result is that Ireland became a nation that became a Christian nation because of his fearless evangelism. But that evangelism didn't come out of, oh, I'm called to be an evangelist. It came out of hours of intimacy and time with the Lord, just hearing and then doing the will of God. And perhaps one of the things we need to understand when the Lord says, go, is that it is not as complicated as we might think, but that it's simply that we need to spend time with God, hear him, hear his will, hear his heart. And out of the overflow of that intimacy, we will just do his will. It speaks of having a solid and a continual relationship with God being always open to hearing him. So that as it were, the life of God is poured out of us as we walk with him. I'm no rising evangelist and I've never been comfortable, although as Felix was speaking about when we planted the church in Slough for Kensington Temple, we had to go on the streets and do what didn't come natural to us. We had fun and certainly we brought people to the Lord and it was exciting but it wouldn't be my natural way of reaching out. But it, it speaks so beautifully to me that it has to be a lifestyle. And you only develop a lifestyle with God as you spend time with him, as you pray, as you seek his face and seek his will, as you enjoy his company, as you enjoy his presence. Out of that, we hear what he wants us to do and we go and do it. 1 Corinthians says, or Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, 1 Corinthians 9, 16, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. So Paul is saying he's compelled to do it by God. That's out of his intimacy with God. That's out of his time with God. That he's compelled. There's nothing else he would rather have done or was able to do because the life of God was flowing out of him. So is it a hard thing to do to preach the gospel? Yes, if we're doing it in our own strength. Yes, if we think we can get up and do it and we don't know what we're talking about. Felix made an incredibly good point. We have, we have an amazing church here in Kensington Temple. Some of us have been trained out of our socks and others who are not yet equipped can enjoy some training. If you go online to Kensington Temple, you'll see some evangelism training taking place this Saturday. If you need to be equipped, take part. Equally, coming up at Easter, we have three nights of Alpha 
And maybe you have somebody that you're, you just don't know how to reach them, but maybe bringing them along to Alpha, you'll begin to reach out to them. But we must find ways, mustn't we? And our lives have to be a witness. I'll tell you a, a quick story as I close. So I live in a block of flats and there are nine of us in the flats. And there's a gentleman who lives on the ground floor who has found um, faith in his religion, Sikhism. So he tries to evangelize me to become a Sikh. But he's been watching me clearly. And one day a lady was in the downstairs of our block of flats and she had some mobility problems. I'd never seen her before. And he was talking to her and trying to help her. And as I came down the stairs, he said... She's a pastor. She can help you. So he's been watching me, and that alone has been a witness, the type of neighbour that I have been, that he could say to somebody else, this is the person that can help you. So we're always witnessing, as it were, and we're always Christian witnesses, preaching the gospel, whether in word, whether indeed Felix and Yolanda both separately said, in season, out of season. We need to be preaching the gospel. We need to go. We need to move. We need to have the overflow and the outflow of the Lord in our lives, working in our lives. I pray today that this has motivated you not to say, I'm an evangelist, but instead to say, I will obey your command, Lord, and I will go and preach the gospel to everyone, everywhere. In Jesus' precious name.